Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie, Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Len. And welcome back on this hump day, Wednesday, Alice. Hey! So this is Minute 38 of Fright Night. It begins with Charlie in full-on crazy mode and ends with Charlie ready to protect himself. Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. The big line that Peter says right before, right as he's slamming the trunk, I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he times lied with the uh, the slamming of the trunk. It's, it's just great. It's just Peter has gone from I'm going to entertain this guy to what's going on here. I'm a little frightened to get me away from this guy. And then finally, F this kid. I I don't believe in vampires. Screw you. <laughs> I'm not, Santa Claus isn't real either. Like. <laughs> so, yeah, Charlie is getting very shouty, demanding Peter listen to him. And at this point, I'm thinking, wasn't there a security guard within a few steps away? <laughs> like, where's security at this point? And I've, I'm, I'm watching the... Uh, the people in the background as well. And uh, there's there's two types of people. Uh, maybe you can figure out which one you are. There's the black guy who is walking by, fully watching this scene go on <laughs> as he walks by. Not really intervening, just like, this fucking wacko. You know? <laughs> and then there's this other, other guy who walks by and just kind of pretends not to hear all the shouting. Uh, and just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you, which kind of person are you? Are you the guy that's going to be like, I'm going to take this right in? Or are you going to be like, I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't hear a thing. I think it's small towns, which this is supposed to take place in. It's mm-hmm. a little easier to maybe intervene. I don't know why that makes sense to me, but it does. Because in the city, I saw some crazy shit. That's head down. You never, you never saw it. Yeah. You never saw it. You never heard it. Don't get involved. Yeah, I definitely am the other guy that's like nuts. I'm, I don't hear a thing. I'm just going to keep walking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Charlie pleads. He's going to kill me. And unlike Detective Lennox, who stared, he's the kind of guy who will stare straight ahead and drive as if he's not saying anything. <laughs> Peter actually looks at Charlie horrified as he backs up and then drives away. And, uh, yeah, poor Charlie's left here in tears. What's he going to do? going to die. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. All right, spoilers. All right, so we cut finally away from this studio, and we're back on our Disney back lot where we, where we missed the old Brewster home and uh, the neighboring Dandridge house. And Ed looks like he's ready for some more laughs at Brewster's expense as he uh, strolls up to the house. I just love this little, I don't know, happy little stroll he's having there. And uh, Amy pulls up on her scooter. Best spot of nowhere. Just, <laughs> oh, I love it. This is actually a 1984 Honda Elite. I know this because of the internet. It looks like a souped-up rascal. <laughs> <laughs> this actually shows up in a lot of 80s movies. 
or at least the Honda Elite uh, make and model. Uh, Pretty in Pink, Adventures of Babysitting, uh, Running Scared, Gleaming the Cube. But I will tell you something. Get yourself, if you're a fan of the original Terminator, get a picture of Linda Hamilton uh, riding her 1984 Honda Elite. It's the same exact color. It's the awesome. same model. I, I, I was like, oh, my God, are they like? Distributed by the same studio, or you know, I, I could swear it's the same scooter. If I remember, I will post both pictures on our social media. So, yeah, uh, Amy's there, Ed's there, they're both wondering what the other person is doing there. And you know, especially since uh, uh, Amy dumped Charlie, dumping by Chili Burger, <laughs> <laughs> and she says, What I'm doing here is none of your business. And Ed is uh, really excited by this. And he's like, oh, you do like him. There's this whole thing in the novelization where Ed is really jealous of Amy and he doesn't like her. And mainly because, you know, Charlie doesn't spend any time with him now. You know, some scenes went a little differently. Ed was a lot more of a kind of like a jerk to Charlie and a jerk to Amy. Uh, but I, I like this version. Like Ed likes Amy. He's it's yeah. nice. and he likes seeing Amy and Charlie together. You know, he's not jealous. It just yeah, it's better. He wouldn't be such a cool character if he was all jealous. You know, like you should hear that novelization. It's on YouTube, and some of the scenes, it's like Ed is such a downer. Like he's not fun at all because he's constantly like, "Poor me," you know. Yeah. Which which plays into what happens with him later, but boy, they really lean on it in the novelization. I wonder if it's a product of a first draft of how that character was originally supposed to be. Right. I don't know. I didn't like him as a character. I think he was just so hyper. I mean, I don't know if I like any of these characters, but he was he was just that hyper, like, five-year-old. I just, I don't know. It was just too much. <laughs> He's one of the memorable, uh, like when you think of Fright Night, you think of your so cool Brewster, you're thinking of his, his hyper yeah. performance and, the and of course, the yeah. vampire. And the old man and the boy, you know, just all these different things are, I don't know. Of course, you know, Len and I have watched this movie for most of our lives, and uh, and you just watched it last week. So <laughs> these yeah. are more legendary figures in our mind, I guess, and that just cracks me up. I love how much humor he gets out of how crazy his friend is acting. <laughs> so Amy runs inside calling for Charlie. And, and it's at this point, I'm like, did, did she get like a, a scary phone call from Charlie? Did, why are they both arriving yeah. at the same time? What, what do you, you guys think? I never says, I never really came up or thought about it. I think it's yeah. just kind of. I almost think like Charlie's just like called in the bo- both of them saying, well, this is the last night. I'll be a day. I'll be able to talk to you I'm on my <laughs> own tonight. Don't ask any questions. <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. something I gotta do. <laughs> yeah, like they know when he's quiet. Like, all right, you know, I mean, I know it's not like texting each other, but yeah. when he's quiet, you know, all right, something's up. Yeah. So they walk into Charlie's room, and before we analyze that, let's take a look at what they're wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got some styles here. Amy has a like a mint green knit sweater and khakis, like over like a red button up, I believe, and Ed. We talked about in an earlier minute that Stephen Jeffries bought all these clothes with the with the wardrobe guy, and yeah, this is a pretty neat ensemble here. Like a Jap- I wish I knew Japanese. I would love to know what it says on his T-shirt. It's but it's like a Japanese T-shirt under a military green jacket, and we have some darker khakis, and they look like grandpa pants because they're pulled up like yeah. mid waist. <laughs> 
but they also look like they've got a lot of pockets. So yeah, they uh, they stop dead in their tracks with the sight of Charlie's room, and uh, it's here where the score kicks in again. This track is called Charlie's Cathedral. I love honestly this scene and sort of the next uh-huh. rewatching this right now. It I'd kind of forgotten about it, and with the score and what's happening, it might be my favorite moment in the movie. Really. So far in this rewatch, so far, <laughs> I, I don't know. The score is perfect, and I, I love that. I, my note says it's almost church-like. I love that it says Charlie's Cathedral. Yeah, that's what it's called. Uh, I really, really like this moment. I don't know what's happening with the dentist or barbershop chair Charlie has. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's covered in candles and things, so you might not notice it right away. But when the, when the hell did that get there? <laughs> I don't. I, I was wondering if it was like a, a weightlifting bench. It could be. It seems. I've got the minute here. It seems. Um, I don't know. It seems like it has the arms of like a dentist chair. Uh, so we see Charlie sitting on the edge of his bed, carving a steak, and his bed is just full of fencing, uh, and they're all. It's all sharpened to a point. The script says. The room has been transformed from a normal happy kid's room into an armament camp for a vampire assault. The window is nailed shut. Strands of garlic, a dozen at least, hung from the curtains. Dime store crosses and crucifixes are everywhere in every imaginable shape and size. And uh, you're looking at a fire hazard, folks. Uh, (laughs) That's not the script. That's me. (laughs) There, There are so many candles. Uh, we also have our old friend, the uh, pachinko machine that was uh, kicked to pieces, still leaning yep. up against the wall and with candles and everything on it. It was there at the beginning of the movie. Uh, it's there again, obvious for obvious reasons, but the desk is in front of the window again. Going to trip that wet bandit when he comes through the window. <laughs> Going to lay out a bunch of candles so he gets set on fire. I don't know. Uh, this is a quote from William Ragsdale from Deadly Magazine number 10. It says, I didn't really have too much input into Charlie's room, but at that point in my career, I don't know if it would have been my place to offer up ideas either. But because Fright Night was Tom's baby and he was so meticulous about everything, I'm sure that Charlie's room was really his room, if you get what I mean. That was a visual representation of Tom and his own fandom for the horror genre. I do remember the first time I saw that set, I was blown away by all the details. I also remember when they set up that room with all the candles and the crucifixes after Charlie had sort of melted down, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. It felt like I was working in a fantasy world, and it heightened the whole scene with Charlie. It was incredible. So, uh, uh, Amy looks worried. Ed amused. And Ed asks, what is all this for? And Charlie says, self-defense. It's very serious. And, and it's what you recommended to me, Ed. Which, I, <laughs> which, I mean, I, I know this is kind of in a true. different minute thing, but, like, if if he was such a big <laughs> vampire head, how, why did he have to ask for suggestions? <laughs> like, I'm sure that was in the other thing, but I just, that's so weird. <laughs> I think we concluded that it was because the audience needed to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, in the novelization, which I think was based on the first draft, uh, there isn't any of that. Ed pretty much tells him, you know what to do. And then then he kicks him out because he hates Charlie in that that first draft, so whatever. I will say you can look at the scene a little differently after knowing this information. Uh, During the scene, Stephen Jeffries was suffering from a bad case of food poisoning. He says there was really bad clams at a place called the Copper Penny, where he went out at 1 a.m. the night before because he was hungry. He tried to get the scene rescheduled, but they gave him a a shot in the butt. (laughs) Let's see what pep him up. (laughs) 
God. Yep. It's that's why his pants are pulled up to accommodate the diaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it, it's like now we have a scene that's in common with Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know the right. famous scene from Raiders where Harrison Ford was sick. <laughs> shoots the swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. Shoots the swordsman instead of doing the whole fight scene because he's super sick. Uh, which apparently pissed that swordsman off. By the way, he had a he was very uh, psyched to have a big fight scene with uh, the hero of the movie. But uh, the goddamn star changed his mind, got sick, and told him, let's just shoot, kill this guy, and move on. <laughs> so, uh, all right, you guys have anything else for this minute? I'm all done. Nope. Minute thirty eight. Yeah. All right, all right Alice. Uh, you want to uh, let folks know where they can find you? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Alice Lauren. A-L-I-C-E. And you can find me on Twitter, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H. And you recently uh, guested on another podcast. Do you want to kind of plug them, too? Yeah, and I was on The Room podcast by Robert Black. And, yeah, that should be out in June, he said. So. All right, I think it's time to put a stake in this one. Please follow us on Twitter at Fright Night Men. Send your feedback to Fright Night Minute at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Robin. I'm Lynn. And I'm Alice. Thanks for listening. Have a fright night, everyone. <laughs> He's a vampire. A what? <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool.